0: Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. This episode is supported by Winding Tree, a marketplace for the travel industry. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. And today we have a special guest host. I present you with Ronnie Rose. And Ronnie Rose is talking to Veronica Reynolds, the coordinator of Cyber Days event at UCLA. And Cyber Days event is going to host a slew of amazing speakers. And they're going to tell you all about their products and projects on the blockchain or in the cryptocurrency space. So please enjoy this interview with Veronica. And by the way, We are giving away free tickets to the Cyber Days event at UCLA on the Facebook group. So if you're not part of the Facebook group, go to Crypto101Podcast.com. That's Crypto101Podcast.com. Go to the bottom of the page, and you'll see all of our social icons. Click on the Facebook one, join our group. You can also join Instagram and Twitter and whatever else we have. You can go to our support page become a Patreon. Thank you, patrons. You have always supported us, no matter if we have sponsors or supporters. You are always in our hearts. You can send us an email. Send an email to us. Say what's up. How are you doing? And please, on your way down to scrolling to the bottom of the Crypto101podcast.com page, check out the subscribe button. Please click on the iTunes subscribe button. This helps us move up the pack on iTunes so people can find us, and we will very much appreciate it. So please enjoy this interview with Veronica Reynolds, coordinator of Cyber Days event at UCLA with host, Ronnie Rose.
1: Wait, why do you shake your phone? I'm trying to like undo typing. There we go. Oh, that's okay. you undo typing that way? Yeah, <gasps> I don't like it. I wish they had another way to do it. I had no idea. I just learned something new. (laughs) Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Crypto 101. I'm your host, Ronnie Rose, and today we're talking with Veronica Reynolds, one of the leaders behind the upcoming Cyber Days conference in LA. Veronica, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. It's so good to chat with you. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you on here and to hear a little bit about Cyber Days. So why don't we start with you telling us about who you are, uh, where you're from, your background, who you are outside of crypto, basically.
2: Yeah. So um, outside of crypto, I actually grew up on a farm um, in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of time reading books, actually, because I didn't have any I mean, I had friends, but they weren't close, and I lived like on a dirt road, and no one was around. So um, so I spent a lot of time reading, and then I moved to LA and then fast forward, I ended up working in the music industry doing digital marketing. It was really awesome. I loved working in music. I worked at Epitaph and Anti-records and got to work with some amazing artists. I just wanted to do something really challenging, and I loved reading and I love like critical thinking, so I decided to go to law school. Definitely challenging as hard as everyone (laughs) says it is, but I really stuck with it. And I also really, I learned a lot. So I really enjoyed it. And I was able to kind of because I've been into cryptocurrencies and blockchain for a little bit, I decided that that would be wow, that would probably be a great space in the law. And it really has been so I just want to Say, if anyone's a student and they're, you know, wondering if crypto or blockchain, I should say, is a good career. I just have to say there's so much opportunity. Oh, there's
1: so many opportunities. This place is so raw. They need literally everyone. And I love how you went from, like, middle of nowhere (laughs) to – Music industry to law school like that's such a that's such a big journey. How did you get into crypto? How did you learn about it?
2: Yeah, so um I learned about it actually when I was an undergrad at UC Berkeley and I had a professor who um he was teaching a virtual communities class and um I took a lot of like I took beginning computer science classes I was there. I learned how to program using maxmSP and then I took this class because I was really into tech and just everything about it and he, the professor taught us about anonymous and he taught about bitcoin and this was after oh God, the that mount sounds so cool yeah it was super cool it was like after the mount gox so that was my first foray and i just i kind of kept my ear wait, to the wait, ground wait wait wait
1: so you you learned about bitcoin <laughs> after the mount gox crash yeah. and you weren't thinking like oh this thing is already dead <laughs> you like you no. saw the value in it yeah because i really did for
2: me i could tell that being able to transfer money or value, right, uh, mm. without that intermediary of the bank, I knew there was something there, and you could see it working. And yeah, I mean, you know, I think the Silk Road was a first use case, and yeah, they whatever, like it, yeah. Yeah, that is what it was.
1: But you <laughs> yeah, really saw it working, yeah, right, right. It's interesting to see how you know, I guess criminals sort of were the early adopters (laughs) but I guess good people saw promise in what they were working on how did that develop how did you get more into the technology side and like learn more about crypto aside from payments, for example? You mean how did I get more into
2: blockchain away from cryptocurrency? So that happened because um, so I bought my first Bitcoin, actually not that year, but I bought it the year after once I started working at Epitaph. And I didn't even buy a full one, right? I just bought a piece of one. And Do you remember how much it was? God, I mean, honestly, the price was 600 and I think I bought like a quarter of one or a third. Okay. I like really okay. didn't buy very much at that point. I was just jumping in. I wasn't sure. I was like, oh my God, $200, you know? And, um, and then I learned about Ethereum. I don't know how much later, it wasn't that much later. The white paper fell in my then boyfriend, now husband, our laps, And we read it and I was just like, this is super cool. And then the DAO came out, right, with Slockit or whatever. And I was like, I was actually really into that project, which is kind of embarrassing because everyone, um, it's like, (laughs) why would that even work? But I mean, I just I really saw this opportunity of I saw this like first use case and was like what they're talking about, like decentralized autonomous organizations. It's really cool. I still think that's super Cool. So that train started going
1: and that was it. I was on it. I think I think a lot of people share the same sentiments as you with the (laughs) Dow, but also Ethereum. Like it's so awesome that you got you got in on it when you read the white paper and the pre-sale. I love Ethereum too, because it really opened the floodgates for all of this. I say it's like the WordPress of crypto.
2: Yeah, I think that's actually a really good comparison. And it it was really true. And I have to say, with Ethereum, that was something where we were telling our friends in San Francisco, like, you know, part of the startup culture there about Ethereum, and they were like, totally poo-pooing it. They were like, no, that's you know, I, you guys are crazy. It's a pyramid scheme, whatever. And um, I have to say, there is a lot to be said for trusting your gut. This whole experience, leaving the music industry, going to law school, focusing on blockchain. Even when I started focusing um, my research on that in law school, like I do that on my own time. That's not, You don't get like a blockchain degree in law school. I don't think they offer that yet. Right. So people were like, when I was doing interviews at big law for big law firms, they were like, don't tell them what you're interested. Be really broad. But my gut was like, I just am really into this. So I have to say, I really always give that advice to people. Like, listen
1: to your truth because you need to do you. (laughs) Definitely. As cliche as that sounds. (laughs) No, you're so right. And you know, five years from now, you're going to be like the top lawyer in the space. And uh, (laughs) all of them who told you to just be broad can, can, yeah, Yeah. I'm not going to go.
0: And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, this is Matthew Aaron, and I want to tell you about Winding Tree, a marketplace for the travel industry. Winding Tree allows for permissionless innovation as anyone can access inventory from the blockchain rather than having to ask today's middlemen for permission to resell flights and hotels. Winding Tree has some impressive partnerships already Lufthansa, Air New Zealand, and Nordic Choice Hotels. Today's centralized versions of Winding Tree are GDS or Global Distribution Systems. All they do is aggregate data from the airlines and put it under one data standard for resellers. Winding Tree is partnered with RSK and Zeppelin OS. If you're curious about Winding Tree, check out their website at windingtree.com. Now back to you, Ronnie.
1: Anyway, so I do wanna I do wanna get back and like talk to I wanna know what your favorites are in this space you know you and I have Mm -hmm. talked a lot about different applications uh, versus focusing on the tradings and you know the gains yeah Uh, so I want to know what are your favorite Crypto applications, blockchain applications. What are you excited about? There's a lot that I'm excited
2: about. A lot of what I'm excited about is more, I think, I wouldn't say theoretical, but I think it has a core of like making the system better, like as a whole. And the system in two respects. The system is the blockchain system and cryptocurrency system and all the other use cases and applications, but also the system of like the system we live in, both myself as a United States citizen, but as a global like world. Um, and so I, I was really drawn to, um, I had the opportunity to meet, um, golly, I was one of the co-founders of Bancor and I looked into that more as a result. And I think which, what their team is doing is really cool. Basically making the entire market of however many tokens, if it's a hundred thousand, if it's a million connecting tokens in a liquid market. So you can have a token for a small community, let's say where I grew up in Michigan and have that be connected to
3: What I love about this product is it is it's truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. This
0: is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Other tokens, really, there's no way to do that right now. So if what they do succeeds, which I really think, I really believe in what they're doing, then that's going to be a really integral part of the whole ecosystem. Yeah, then,
1: Bancor. Bancor yeah. Bancor's a big a big love of mine it's an an Israeli company so whenever I hear people talking about them I'm like yeah oh stop I'm so yeah it's a lot of pride um but I I do agree with you I like that they're basically giving these smaller tokens these niche tokens a chance yeah because uh, so many of them you know if there's not a lot of liquidity if somebody doesn't think that they can sell quickly if needed then they're terrified that's
2: so true like who would buy a coin where you can't turn around and sell it you know it was interesting exactly. I was in I didn't even really think about some of these things, but I was in my securities class at um, law school, and the professor was actually asking me questions because we had we spent two days on ICOs in law school. He was talking about how yeah, it's really changing. Like, what is an investment contract? He was saying it used to be just kind of like a blip in the semester. Like, oh, this is an investment contract. There's a case called Howie or whatever. That's it, and you move on. And he's like, now we're focusing on this case because the investment contract is so important to regulating the ICOs
1: so um, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in your in your classes associated <laughs> with this it's awesome re- it's really
2: interesting and he was asking me he's like well how do you buy these digital currencies and I was like you just go and buy them and he's like what there's a market and I didn't really understand what he's asking I was like yeah, I mean, it's, like, a trading, you know, platform, and you just go. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. Oh, no, you,
1: you, like, send it to them, send it to their address, yeah, and then yeah. they send it back to you.
2: Well, yeah, but you're basically, it's an exchange. They, that's, you're right, and. And then I realized what he was asking. I'm like, yeah, the market's liquid. And he's like, so you can – there's no problem. Someone will buy it. I'm like, you haven't looked at the market cap on this, apparently. (laughs) Like, there's no problem. There's people that are buying it. Right, right, right. So back to Bancor, and then I'll – you know, we can move on. But giving the opportunity for these smaller markets to then be liquid
1: and trade is – that's
2: really – that's a powerful concept, so –
1: do you have any others that you're you're really excited about?
2: Um, I do. I mean, it's so funny because I think people there's so many opinions out there, but um, about what's good. And I, I actually I've always been a big fan of Tezos. I think it goes back to my kind of fascination with the original DAO pre hack of this idea of it really illuminates this different models for decentralized governance and Tezos. You know. The way that they focus on that, I think, really, really highlights an important topic about um, who's incentivized to make right decisions for the platform, and that was something okay. they really thought through.
1: Can you speak a little more on that? I guess I'll just take a minute
2: to to just talk about incentives because I think that concept plays a really important role post
1: cryptocurrencies and blockchain and pre. And mm-hmm. you know, as guy, law- she's about to she's about to drop <laughs> some legal knowledge on you, so. Listen up. Something I really
2: um, was drawn to when I was studying the law was this concept of, or this realization dawned on me of like, oh, all the laws are built around incentivizing people to do things, right? So something's illegal because, and they have a really harsh penalty because we really, you know, murder, you can get the death penalty in some states because we really don't want you to do that. So we're incentivizing you. There's arguments about whether those incentives work and they're very valid and we could go do a whole podcast about that. I won't do that, but that's just an example of Next like, episode. Yeah, How that's what laws do is they incentivize people. So with companies, they're like corporations are not incentivized to share. They're not really incentivized to collaborate unless they're going to get something. You know, open source technology has been around for a while and we've seen really great things come from it, but still big companies- don't want to have open source projects because they want to keep everything to themselves keep a proprietary so they can make all the money and the right. something that i've noticed that i think I, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of is what's really inherent in blockchain even bitcoin satoshi built incentives in so you're incentivized it's very difficult to get like 51% of the mining power but even if you did if you take down the system, your Bitcoin's worth nothing. So you're incentivized to keep it going and keep the system healthy. I mean, there's problems with right. it, and there, you know, there's a lot of change going to be happening with, like, the, potentially with the
1: Lightning Network. And on that note of you know, open source, like uh, now, new companies are incentivized to make their their projects open source because as people can trust their project they want to invest in their coin. They want to buy their coin. That's going to raise the price and raise the support. How does that apply to
2: Tezos? Tezos, they really thought about that incentive structure. Like, okay, if the miners have all the power, then they're incentivized to maybe not do what's best. So what they wanted to do with Tezos was give the power back to the stakeholders. That's about all I can say about that because I feel like Kathleen and Arthur are pretty brilliant and their white paper is super dense. So if anyone has any you know, questions about that, I really suggest you go online and look into it. I think it's it's a really awesome project. I'm hoping that we'll see that continue in the future, even though they're kind of in a shaky spot right now.
1: That aside, um, again, I think I think they're both pretty brilliant, and there's a pretty cool project. And uh, it's you know, if people want to learn more about it, they can also come to Cyber Days. Do you wanna do you wanna yeah. share a little bit about that? So Cyber Days is an event that's
2: hosted by the UCLA Blockchain Lab. Um, it's a group of us, both current students and graduates who really wanted to inspire the Los Angeles community. There's a lot happening here. The scene's growing really quickly. And so we wanted to host a conference that was focused more on some, like kind of elevating the conversation a little bit away from ICOs. I will just say like ICOs have their place. There's a lot of really cool stuff about them. We just wanted Uh our conference to focus on, for example, we have a panel on humanitarian efforts around blockchain or what blockchain's how blockchain can help the world we have um, I need to go to this love to have you please come out so our panels are really focused on kind of elevating the conversation talking about some of the stuff we talked about today right like you know incentivization some academic viewpoints on the technology
1: and where we're going in the future you're focusing more on the applications and how it can actually be used in the world to benefit us you know, if we're not applying it anywhere, then we're just contributing to a bubble. Who's going to be featured there?
2: We have Stella Mokan from the World Bank, who will be on the humanitarian panel. Kathleen Brightman from Tezos will also be at the event. She's really awesome. Sandra Rowe, who's done a lot of work in the space. Kavita Gupta from Consensus. I'm naming all women, but we also have some amazing male speakers as well. You can go
1: on the site and check it out. What else can they expect from this? Uh, what do you want your attendees to... Uh, leave with and what do you want them to do after the conference we want them to join the conversation
2: like wherever they're at if they're experts great let's help bring new people into the community something I think is really important to emphasize is we're still in we're still so early in this that there's so much for sure people shouldn't feel embarrassed about being new it's like we need all the good ideas we can get to make this a really healthy, awesome, world-changing ecosystem. And we have to work with AI. We have to work with governments aren't going away anytime soon. We need policymakers. We need attorneys. We need accountants. We need people with ethics. I mean, we need as many people with ethics as possible, like any industry. Definitely. You know, I want to emphasize that's everywhere. But that's that's it. Just kind of get involved. We're going to have a lot of opportunities to um, like sign up and stay connected so we can just help kind of keep everyone connected and move the conversation forward.
1: And just so everyone knows, they've been planning this since November. So they (laughs) got all this together in very little time and they're pulling it off and they have Some amazing speakers lined up. I wish I could go to this conference. I checked flights today and they're (laughs) like $600. I'm in New York right now and it's happening in LA. But if you can make it to LA, what are the dates again? The February 17th and
2: 18th? Yeah, February 17th and 18th in Los Angeles at the UCLA campus.
1: Um, So yeah, if you go to cyberdays.info, all the info's there. Sign up, guys. We're also hosting a giveaway on the Crypto 101 page. So be sure to check that out. And you might just win a ticket to this conference. Veronica... (laughs) I am so happy that you were on the show with us. I'm so excited to see this. I hope I get a lot of pictures. Maybe we can see some Facebook live streams uh, for those who can't make it out to LA into the conference. Now, just to wrap things up, I have a final question for you. What are three songs that you want to play on this podcast episode? Um, so I want to p- play Off With Their Heads by the Yaya
2: yeah, Yas. Yeah, yeah, There's one of my favorite songs from ACDC, which I can't remember the name of. Thunderstruck? Yeah, thank you. Okay, that one, that one. <laughs> I've always been bad with song titles, and um,
1: that's okay. Uh, the John Spencer Blues Explosion, uh, Bell Bottoms sweet love them not gonna lie i don't know any of these songs but (laughs) it's amazing rock and roll so you got so i hope i uh blows your mind it'll be it'll be awesome i'm excited for this episode guys if you have any questions uh just check out cyberdays.info check out the crypto 101 facebook page thank you so much again and we'll talk to you later okay bye thanks so much bye
3: bye
0: Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. ApogeeCrypto.com, that's A-P-O-G-E-E-Crypto.com, the best place to check out your real-time prices, and I am getting very good at saying that. You might think I pre-record all of these things. No, I do it every time. That's Apogee Crypto. I am so good at saying that. And thank you very much to Veronica and Ronnie for doing this episode, and we will see you on the next episode of Crypto 101. Oh, by the way, patrons. We have another episode on the Patreon page for you. And this one is a surprise. One last final announcement. We are looking for a blog writer or blog writers and audio editors. So if you're interested in making a little spare cash, please send us an email, write some blogs for us, and edit some podcasts. This is Matthew Aaron with Crypto 101. And thank you very much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode with Kyber Network.